Good evening, family. Welcome to the second episode of Money Mama, the podcast, a production of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, Xi Zeta Omega Chapter in Washington, D.C. I'm Money Mama Monica, also known as 3M, and I'm your host for this episode. The purpose of Money Mama, the podcast, is to provide the Black community with access to free information on money management, business, and finance with the goal of economic empowerment. Money Mama, the podcast, is a safe place for you to ask questions and get advice from seasoned veterans of business and life. It's a place where the Money Mamas can pass on financially related generational knowledge that may not be available in your own homes. The Money Mamas are financial professionals, businesswomen, entrepreneurs, and just plain old common sense folk. Today's episode, episode two, will be on the three major credit bureaus and how to access and interpret your personal credit report. Episode three will air on Tuesday, May 18th at 7 p.m. and covers how to correct inaccurate credit bureau information, how to resolve credit disputes, and also the pros and cons of freezing your credit. Episode four, which will air Tuesday, May 25th at 7 p.m., will cover how to maintain good credit, best practices, and also ongoing credit oversight. As a bonus, on Tuesday, June 6th, we will hold a free credit repair bootcamp webinar where you will be provided with pre-written letters that can be used to contact credit bureaus, We'll give you contract, contact addresses and also step-by-step -step instructions on how to repair your own credit. We will only have 50 slots for this free webinar, so be sure to sign up as soon as possible if you're interested. First come, first served. And let me be clear that we're not selling anything. There is no catch. This webinar is entirely sponsored by Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, Xi Zeta Omega Chapter. Okay, now that we have all of the housekeeping taken care of, let's dive into our topic for today. We're gonna to cover three major areas. So the first thing we're gonna talk about is, are, is gonna be the three major credit bureaus. Then we're gonna talk about how you should access, go about accessing your credit report. And then finally, we're gonna talk about um, how do you interpret your credit report. So joining me today as co-host for today's episode is Tony Miles. Tony, welcome to Money Mama, the podcast. Thank you, Monica. So glad you invited me to participate in this episode of Money Mama, the podcast. No problem. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, certainly. Well, first, let me start by saying that I'm not a Money Mama. However, I have been connected to a Money Mama for almost 40 years. Um, and what really got me interested in the area of credit is something that happened to me when I was 21 years old. I was about to graduate from college. And so at that point you look and you say, wow, you know, the college life is coming to an end. What am I gonna do with the rest of my life? And so I actually wound up interviewing for um, several positions. I wound up getting a job with a uh, Fortune 500 medical care company. And one of the stipulations of the job was that I had to have a car. Well, I didn't have a car. So I said, no problem thinking to myself, it would be no problem. So I went, found a car that I wanted, applied for a car loan, and guess what? 
What happened? Did not get approved. So I said, well, wow, no problem. I can just ask my mom or my dad to um, co-sign on the car loan for me. And when I went to ask them to co-sign on the car loan for me, neither one of them was in a position to be able to co-sign the car loan. Is that due to their credit? It was absolutely due to their credit. My dad had horrible credit and my mom had no credit, which in effect was the same result as bad credit. And so at that point, at 21 years old, I made a determination that I would be a guy who at any point in his life would have good credit. And so that's really what got me on the path for establishing good credit. Excellent. So um, today I would like to talk about, and I know you've talked about this in a couple of your previous episodes or in your previous episode, the three major credit bureaus. They are Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian. And so somebody might be asking, they may be saying, well, why do we need or why are there three credit bureaus? Um, don't know the answer as to why there are three credit bureaus. We just know that there are. But here's the important thing that the, your listeners should note is that different companies subscribe to different credit bureaus. And so, for example, a company may decide that they want to just use experience. So they may report payment history or report um, your your loan or whatever it may be, whatever that credit information is to just that one bureau. Um, and so that's why it's important to know that there are three credit bureaus. Again, Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian. So does that mean you have to monitor what's happening at all three of them? That is correct. So let's talk about the second objective of the, pod of the podcast. The second objective of the podcast is then how do you go about Number one, accessing your credit, right? And so one of the things that, that I don't know if people are aware of, but a federal law was implemented years ago that you are now allowed to get one free credit report every year from each of the credit bureaus. There are a whole bunch of different websites that are out there that you can go to, but the one that you can go to that it is absolutely free, there's no, um, there's no strings attached, is annualcreditreport.com. Let me repeat that. It's annualcreditreport.com. And you can go there and you can access one, two, or all three of your credit reports. And I'm not talking about your credit score. You cannot get your credit score from that website, but you absolutely can get a copy of your credit report. Okay, so is there a strategy that people should use when they go to the website and request their, their credit reports? Great question, Monica. Absolutely. There absolutely is a strategy. And the strategy that we recommend or that we suggest is pulling one credit report every four months. So let's say, for example, I talked about Experian. But let's say, for example, uh, it's, it's August or May at the time of this podcast is May. Go and pull your, your Experian report annualcreditreport.com. All three credit bureaus will be listed there. You just want to click on the Experian box and then enter the information that it would ask you. It's going to ask you for your name. It's going to ask you for your date of birth. And it is going to ask you for your social security number. So just know you have to enter that information and then you will be able to access your full and complete credit report. Um, one caveat to that. And then, so let, let's finish talking about the strategy. And then what we would recommend is then four months after that, you pulled Experian, four months after that or three months after that, let's say you do um, Equifax. 
And then three or four months after that, you do TransUnion. Because again, you are allowed to pull one free credit report from each of the credit bureaus for every year. So do that. The caveat would be, let's say though, unless you're looking to make a big purchase, let's say you're looking to buy a home, you want to go ahead and pull all three credit reports at the same time. Because as we just mentioned earlier, the credit different institutions or entities um, use different credit bureaus. So you want to know what's on all three of those credit bureaus because that's a major purchase. And most lending institutions will pull credit reports from all three of those institutions. So are we saying that if you're at the point where you're just trying to monitor your credit, then you should spread out the, the credit re report requests over the course of the year just to get good coverage of where you are at any given point in time. But if you're making a purchase and it's important for you to know what exactly is on the reports, then you would pull all three at one time. That is correct. Great, great, great point and great observation and summary. Um, the other thing that I would recommend, again, and it's annualcreditreport.com, you will see different websites. One is free credit reports. You'll see a whole bunch of different websites, but the one that you want to go to with it, no strings attached, no gotchas, is annualcreditreport.com. The other thing, though, that if, if in fact you just want to get a quick glimpse of your score, as I mentioned, these credit reports do not have your FICO score. And I know you talked about that in your previous episode. Um, the, the credit reports don't have your FICO score, but you can get a FICO score at creditkarma.com. And that's just a great way, again, and that's free. There are no strings attached. It is truly free. And it's creditkarma, K-A-R-M-A. Dot com. So it's creditkarma.com. You can get a copy of your FICO score. They will try to sell you other services, but you're not obligated to buy. And that way, now you've got your complete credit report in hand, as well as you have an idea of what your FICO score is. Okay, that's excellent, because then you can know what your starting point is. Absolutely. So by pulling that information, you know what others have written what the lenders have written about you. And then by pulling your credit score from Credit Karma, you know what your starting point that is. That is correct. So now let's talk about the credit report. And that's really important. The credit report is pages and pages and pages of information. And so when you go to pull your credit report at first glance, it may be daunting to look at your credit report. But it really isn't when you sit down and you go through it. So it'll start off by your name and it will come up with your name with um, different variations of your name. So for me, sometimes it comes up with my middle initial. Sometimes it comes up without my middle initial. Sometimes it will come up with my entire middle name, sometimes not. So all the different ways that you may be identified, um, it'll come up with those names It will come up with. Um, addresses where you currently live and where you've previously lived. It'll come up with your employer. It'll come up with every place where you have had credit, where you currently have credit and where you have had credit in the past. But here's the, the thing that's really important to note. It also talks about or shows you your payment history. It shows you whether you've paid your bills on time. It shows how many days they've been late. It, and it shows it over the course of years, not just um, a, a year or two, but over the course of years, it shows all of that information. So all of that is available on your credit report. And so you want to know what it looks like. So you want to know what it looks like when you go to, um, to, to pull your credit report. 
It'll also show public records. So now here's where it becomes really important. First of all, what is what is a public record? Exactly. So a public record would be any type of criminal or civil judgments that have been um, brought against you. Ooh. Criminal is self-explanatory. And then civil would be whether you have any liens, any judgments, any bankruptcies. And that's how sometimes people think, okay, well, why is credit so important? Well, why do companies need to do a background check? That is one of the reasons they'll do a background check, not only to look at your credit score, but they also do a background check to look at your criminal and or civil history. So that comes up as well. So you'll know that if you've been involved in any lawsuits or any things of that nature, that also, because that is a matter of public record, um, that is the kind of information that will come up on a credit report. Also, um, in the last two things as we close out the information that's available on a credit report is there are things called, called there are things called hard inquiries and soft inquiries. Okay, so what's the difference between a hard and a soft inquiry? And also, is one better than the other? Yes. So a hard inquiry. Let me give you an analogy of what a hard inquiry would be. A hard inquiry would be, let's say you're at your favorite department store, let's say Target's or Macy's or JCPenney, whatever your favorite store is, and you're at the register and you're getting ready to check out. And they say, Monica, today we're offering you 15% discount if you open up your Macy's credit card account today. And you say, wow, 15%, that's great. Yeah, I, I want to say 15%. And you say, yes. What they do then is they take a little bit of your information, your name, your social security number, and they do an instant credit check. That is a hard inquiry. Or when you apply for a car loan or you apply for a mortgage, anytime you actually are applying for credit, that is considered a hard inquiry. And yes, it is considered a negative on your credit report because now a lender will look at that and say, well, wow, Monica has been to five stores in the last month. And she's applied for credit for all five of these stores. That's just not a good thing. It's not something that they want to see. So it kind of looks like you're desperate for credit. That is correct. Yeah. Yes. And so the difference between that and a soft pull or a soft inquiry would be, for example, remember we talked about earlier in the broadcast, we talked about how different companies use different credit agencies. So a company who may subscribe to a credit bureau may be looking for a certain profile of a person to maybe provide or to uh, send an offer of a good or service. So they would do a soft inquiry with the credit bureau of somebody in general who fits that profile. And that is a soft inquiry and that is not a negative on your, on your credit report. So when you look at the credit report, the hard inquiry will show who actually made the inquiry. It will also show, it will also show the date on which the inquiry was made. The soft credit or the soft inquiries will also show who did it and you may not even know, again, because it's whoever subscribes to the credit bureau. I would say this, as far as the, and then the, the last piece that I wanna talk about is, and you touched on this again in your, um, in your podcast as well, and that would be the FICO score. So how does the credit report and the FICO score kind of all tie together? Again, the FICO score is a way that the credit bureaus or uh, lenders will look at us to see the credit worthy risk. The two most important factors in your FICO score by far are how you pay your bills 
in terms of do you pay your bills on time? Do you pay slow? Do you pay late? And then the second factor is how much of your available credit are you currently using? So let me give you an example of that. Let's say you have bank credit cards. You got a Visa or a MasterCard. You have store credit cards. You have a Target's or Macy's or whoever it is. But in terms of your total credit that is available to you, they want to know how much of that total credit that you're available. So let's say an example, if you have $10,000 in total credit available, most lending institutions don't like to see any more than 30% of that total available credit. So in this case, if you have $10,000 of available credit, they don't want to see you have an outstanding balance of greater than $3,000. If you get above that 30% threshold, it begins to negatively impact your FICO score. And as you talked about in your episode um, earlier in your previous episode, that FICO score is really, really key. So that's why it's important to look at your credit, to really go through it, to make sure that you know what's on the credit score. So I have a little anecdotal story um, for you. In preparation for this podcast, I actually pulled my credit, my credit reports. And so I pulled one from Experian and I pulled one from um, TransUnion. And what I saw was there was a car loan that I had had from 2013 that was paid off. Experian had me with a zero balance. TransUnion still has me owing one car payment and the car has been paid off for years. So now I know how to go back. And when you pull your credit report, and I know you'll talk about this in another episode, but when you pull your credit report at every section and all those different sections that we mentioned, there's a box that says um, to um, dispute. So you absolutely can make sure that the information that's on your credit report is correct because you can dispute something if it is incorrect on your credit report. Yes, that's a really good point. And in our third episode, we're going to be talking specifically about how to correct inaccurate credit bureau information. So that's that's something we'll definitely come back to um, in our next uh, episode, which is episode three. But I do have a question for you sure. about um, one of the things that you, you said about the um, level of credit um, or the amount of credit that you use. So would you say that it would be a good idea if you had more than one credit card to manage your usage of, of your credit over all the cards that you have? Great question. Mm -hmm. So, so um, if you can pay your credit card bill off every month, that's the best strategy. That's the best way to keep your um, your credit score high is to have no uh, have a zero outstanding balance every month, and you'll be in that eight hundred plus credit category. But to your point, yes, you can manage your credit. So um, the best thing to be would be to do is to limit or minimize the actual numbers of credit cards that you use. And if you have multiple credit cards, you don't want to close them. You want to keep them, but you may just want to use them once or twice a year and pay the balance in full. Because if you don't use them, the bank or the lender, whoever it is that you've got your credit card from, will look at it and potentially look at it as a dormant account and they may automatically close it, which could potentially be a negative on your credit report. So again, if you have, the strategy would be limit the number of credit cards you have. If you have multiple credit cards as of today, don't go out and close any. Go ahead and keep the balances at zero. Use them once or twice a year just to keep them active, but pay them off in full. Because the other factor that factors into your credit score is the length of time that you've had the credit. 
So the longer that you have the credit or the longer that there is a credit history, the greater it is a positive impact on your credit score. So that's why you don't want to go out and say, oh my goodness, I want to close my, my credit cards down now. No, keep them, especially the ones you've had for a long time. Just keep the balance at zero or the total threshold below that 30% outstanding balance. Yeah, those are that's really good strategy um, for those of us who want to start kind of getting our credit under control. So I think that's really um, that's good information. Mm -hmm. We appreciate that. You bet. And so I'll close with this, Monica. I think the, the two things that I just really um, want to emphasize is there are a bunch of companies out here that will um, offer that service for a fee. And there really is no magic to improving your credit score other than what we just talked about. And that is time and consistency. Pay your bills on time. Pay them consistently over time. Reduce the amount of debt. Remember how you pay your bills in terms of the timeliness and the level of debt that you use are the two key factors. Again, they account for 66% of your credit score. So it really does just take time and consistency and you can take charge of your credit and you can be the one who is responsible for repairing your credit. You don't need to pay anybody to do it. It's just something that you have to be intentional and focused to do. And, uh, and then with that, we live in a credit-driven society, so it becomes really important if you know the rules of engagement to be able to go ahead and play by the rules so you can win in, uh, in, this, in, this, in our society. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for that information. We appreciate you being our uh, guest on today's podcast. Thank you for having me. It's okay. been a pleasure. Next, I'd like to introduce Money Mama, Lornia, and she's going to answer some questions from our audience. Hey, Lornia. Hi, 3M. When the word got out that the Money Mamas were going to do this podcast, we started getting several questions sent to us to answer. First, we're going to take a question from a listener in Maryland. Hi, Money Mamas. This is Susan from Maryland. I co-signed a student loan for my friend, and when I tried to refinance my mortgage, I found out she hasn't been paying the bill. What can I do to get that information removed from my credit? Susan, your heart was in a good place, but as you have now learned, co-signing for anybody is a serious matter. Unfortunately, your options are limited, and you're kind of in a credit purgatory. When you co-sign on a loan, that debt becomes your debt. Typically, you can't do anything with the debt until it is brought current. As painful as this will sound, you may want to make the payments yourself to bring the debt current and then make the minimum payments to safeguard your own credit score. Once debt is considered current, then there are some things that you may want to attempt. First, see if the primary borrower can refinance the debt in their own name. Second, contact the lender to see if they will remove you as a cosigner. Now keep in mind that these options are extremely unlikely, so it's really important that you think seriously before agreeing to be a cosigner. Remember that their debt becomes your debt. Next, we have a question from Joyce in Dover, Delaware. Hello, Money Mama. This is Joyce from Dover, Delaware. How do I build my credit? That's a great question, Joyce. There are two key factors in building your credit. 
The first and most important is to pay your bills on time. That means credit cards and installment loans. An installment loan is something like a car loan where you pay the same amount each and every month. The second is to control your usage of credit and limit that use to no more than 30%. So if your credit limit is $1,000, you should use no more than $300. Once you use more than that 30% of the available credit, it negatively affects your credit score. Next, we have a question from Stephanie in California. Hi, Money Mama. I'm Stephanie and I'm calling from California. How long do debts stay on my credit? Great question, Stephanie. Accounts that you didn't pay, like charged off credit cards or installment loan balances, can stay on your credit report for seven years from the date the debt was charged off. A charge off is when the creditor officially writes your debt off its books as a loss. This occurs after they have stopped making attempts to collect the debt. Medical debt stays on your credit report for seven years after it's reported to the Bureau. Late payments are removed after seven years. Bankruptcy usually remains on your credit for up to 10 years, depending on the type of bankruptcy. Federally backed student loans never get written off. On a positive note, positive information can remain indefinitely. However, good stuff can age off after about 10 years. Well, family, that brings us to the end of episode two. This is 3M signing off and wishing you happiness, health, peace of mind, and prosperity. Hello, everyone. My name is Courtney Coffey, president of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, Xi Zeta Omega Chapter. Thank you for joining us and listening to Money Mamas, the podcast. It is our pleasure to host this credit and credit repair series to empower our community. This podcast falls under Building Your Economic Legacy, Target 3 of the Alpha Kappa Alpha Excellence Administration. I would like to thank all of our podcast speakers and participants for the insightful and informative information we received. And I would like to also thank the event committee under the leadership of Tracy Harrison, Camille Kopic, and Davida Grant for their work putting Money Mamas, the podcast together. Please visit our chapter's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages for upcoming events and information on the hard work our chapter is doing in the community. And don't forget to tune into the next episode in this series. This podcast is proudly sponsored by the Ivy Foundation. Thank you.